and we welcome you to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoss, C70 is bat at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Tara Nichols from Birds on the Blacket at Tara Wellman on the Twitters. We have come to the end of the first half, but the first half in quotes since we're past the 81 game mark, like I like almost 10 games or something now. It's a really weird thing to do, but baseball's weird. <laughs> um, ending on a rainout, Tara, and you and I were talking a little bit before the show. This week was good enough Cardinal baseball, as you say, low bar, that the rainout was slightly disappointing instead of a welcome relief. Yeah, which is surprising to me because this series in particular was terrifying to me coming into <laughs> it, knowing that, yes, the Cubs have been very bad, but the Cardinals uh, have this real weird tendency to just really help out a struggling team and sure. get them back on track. So I was not necessarily looking forward to this series. I was sort of kind of, you know, watching with my hands over my face, peeking through my fingers every now and then. That's how I felt coming into this series. So to get to this point and feel like, oh, man, I kind of wanted to see them play today um was a welcome change of pace but an unexpected one nonetheless yeah i'm like you even yesterday i was sending messaging with alan medlock my meet me usual co-host during the game it's like they're up six to nothing in the the seventh inning and i'm like i'm not really 100 (laughs) percent confident about this game you know kk was looking great and then you know took him out because reasonable and he was hitting that that time period i'm like Boy, if you get the wrong Hennessy Cabrera, you know, this could be... Six runs can happen before you know what hit you. (laughs) Absolutely, especially in Wrigley Field. Thankfully, it was a rainy uh, day with the wind not really blowing out, so that helped a lot, too. And the Cardinals did what the Cardinals do, which is score in, like, one inning and then nothing else, which is not helpful for the anxiety levels either, but... They did split that. They won two out of three against San Francisco and currently sit in third place. They're eight games out, thanks to the Reds beating up on the Brewers this week. Um, could have been seven and a half if they'd won today. Um, but eight is, is not where you want to be, especially when you're two games under 500. But it, I don't know. With the Reds beating the Brewers and, and a little bit of beating some better teams, it's starting to feel like, there's that little chance. It's not great, but there's still that little chance. It's just enough to keep it interesting at this point and to mm. make us sort of preemptively frustrated by the lack of moves at the deadline, <laughs> which is what we all expect to happen and what we expect to be talking about a couple weeks from now. But it is interesting to see the shift. And, you know, I I watched the last couple of weeks after – you know, what, two weeks ago, we were like, this is it. Like, something has to change. There's nothing good that you can say. You can't excuse away the process. You can't, none of that works anymore. Something, the results have to change or the talk is meaningless. And it was like, there were a couple of games after that, that things looked better. They won a couple of games and then they looked real bad again. And I was reminded of even in the years where they have put together a great run at the end of a season or even, you know, the the post Mike Matheny firing and then uh, Mike Schilt taking over, um, there was sort of that immediate, okay, we won a couple games, we're feeling like we're maybe on the right track. And then you sort of backstep a few a few steps before you can really push forward. That's what happened in, in 2011. We talk all about that. And that wasn't exactly a straight shot. <laughs> no, um, no. So 
in each one of those instances, whatever it is, I mean, even, you know, a couple of years ago, what was it, 2019, um, even when it, it got real weird in the middle of the year, and then it was a couple steps forward, a couple steps back, and then, you know, postseason potential was finally realized. And I think the thing that makes it complicated this year is all the injuries yeah. that makes it hard to completely check out because you go okay i mean i get it i get i get that there's an entire rotation of starting pitchers on the il right now um and there have been injuries to tyler o'neill and to yadier molina and to harrison bader and guys sort of in and out of the lineup i get that and it's hard to disregard that it's really unfair to disregard that but it's also completely fair to look at the product that has been there and go i don't think i can watch this (laughs) um so to be eight games back on a bit of an upswing at the all-star break it feels better than eight games back should but eight games back with all of those other pieces in play make it I guess sort of realistic to go, okay, there's, it's not a great chance, but there is still a chance for the second half to at least be interesting and compelling and for them to make a run at it. Now, whether they can put all the pieces together and become a postseason contender or not, I don't know, but it looks more like that's a possibility this week than it has Mm -hmm. in a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I keep pointing out that they have, like 13 games with the Brewers over the last six weeks of the season. You've got probably still have at least two series with the Reds who are sitting in front of you. And, and neither, I mean, those teams are good. They've obviously played better than the Cardinals have, but they don't strike you as the Dodgers Padres juggernaut that you expect. You know I mean? They're, they feel like they've got their, their issues too. Like I said, I'm starting to worry about the the Brewers taking off and then the Reds could beat them three out of four. And so there's only like what, three or four games between those two. Well, there's only, you know, four games between us and the Reds and yeah, you start talking yourself into it. Now it's probably a lot of, you know, talking yourself into it as well. Let's, (laughs) let's be fair. Um, Especially when they, yeah, don't actually have currently a full rotation um, that's healthy uh, or in the majors <laughs> um, right now, since they optioned Johan Oviedo for the break to give him a chance to stay in Memphis. But um, but you, you said something about the process a minute ago, and it made me think about it. You know, we all remember the, the comments of Tommy Edmond and how the team wasn't preparing and all that kind of stuff. Since that time, and again, it's a, it's a small sample, about 15 games, but the team's hitting... 250 since that time they've got more home runs than games played and they're eight and seven over that stretch over that 15 game stretch now again it's small but up to that point the cardinals were hitting 225 as a team so to hit 250 that's a a significant jump do you think that maybe there actually has been some sort of change in focus that's gonna be produce positive dividends I mean, I would like to think so. I would like to think that if there was this kind of light bulb moment where up and down the the names in either the, the players or mm-hmm. the coaches, kind of a moment of reckoning of going, oh, okay, this clearly isn't working or it's not being done effectively. So which is it? 
And how do we change that? And we heard very quickly, you know, there's a players only meeting. We've changed some of how we're going to go about preparing and what our focus is and, and those sorts of things. That can all be lip service. Um, but it does. It is nice when there is sort of an immediate bump <laughs> to right. kind of coincide with the fact that they say they have made some of those changes to make some of those adjustments so that the preparation and the execution are more in line with one another um, to hopefully create those results. So I would like to think so. I would like to think that it was as as simple as we've all sort of been hoping it would be in terms of going, okay, this isn't working. How about we do this now? <laughs> and yeah. magically, it's, it's better and everything seems to click and, and whatever it is. So it, I think sometimes just in life to be philosophical for a moment mm. um you know you can do the same thing feeling like it's it's got to work eventually right it's got to work eventually mm -hmm. and it takes that breakdown that complete moment of going yeah, but I don't like this. I don't understand this. This isn't helping me. And I don't think we're doing it well <laughs> in whatever it is in order to move forward. That can be, you know, with a, a teacher and a student in a classroom who just isn't getting it. You almost have to come to that breaking point before you can find a different way around the problem. It can be, you know, with, with your own health and exercise and what you're eating, whatever it is, pick a mm -hmm. thing. Um, so, Maybe this is an instance where they came to that breaking point and that can either send you off on a different path that does make those changes or just perpetuate the problem and everything gets worse. For now, it appears that they did the former <laughs> and they've made the attempt to make the adjustments to have the necessary conversations. Um, and change what needed to be changed. So I think it will be telling to see how they come out after the break, because it's f easy to refocus and, and really hone in for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and then have four days off and forget all about it. Right. But yeah. if they come back with the same intensity and they come back with the same focus that continues to generate results, maybe not, you know, like I said, it's not always a straight line, but that you still see those those things progressing that's when i think we'll be able to tell a little bit more about whether a change happened or they just kind of got lucky for a couple weeks <laughs> yeah i just i'm just kind of glad it was a couple of weeks instead of like right day right? right i mean how many that's how many times we've seen a oh big win you know like the like the rockies series you know yeah. the one down to the last strike tie it up win it in the ninth or the tenth and then lose the next two, right. you know, that's, that's, that's more in line with that. So to at least have some sort of sustained success um, over those two weeks um, is something you're right. It, we'll see how much it, it holds when it comes to the other side of things. It, and, you know, obviously that's not the whole problem. The offense is part of the problem, but the pitching side of things is the other half. Carlos Martinez out possibly for the rest of the year and if so probably will not ever take the mountain the cardinal uniform again um to add that to all the other injuries the cardinals honestly it was very very telling that mike schilt said boy i'm glad this was a three-game series because if it was four we have no idea what we would have done <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 
Maybe they're really glad the rainout happened. Just they probably <laughs> are not hurt. Not too bad either. That would have. Uh, that was that was their plan for a four day yeah, series yeah. was to turn <laughs> all the sprinklers rain. on or something <laughs> of that nature. But um, but I mean, what do they? do i mean they come back out of the break and they play like 10 games in a row so they're going to need two uh, five starters and obviously johan oviedo called back up and so he'll be uh, part of that force you know foursome but they need a fifth starter twice in the next couple of weeks before the trade deadline are they going to are they going to do a little bit more dumpster diving and get another jose garcia or a wade leblanc or are they actually going to try to maybe make a move early on just because the necessity of getting somebody to be out there every fifth day? Yeah. I think part of what will stop them from going to get someone is this, what I feel is a pipe dream about Miles Michaelis. Mm. Um, I, I may just be way too cynical at this point. I have absolutely zero expectations for Miles Michaelis this season. And I think holding on to that as the answer is the worst thing that the Cardinals could do as far as their pitching is concerned, because even if Michaelis comes back and starts a game, there is zero guarantee that he's going to be effective or that he's not going to re-injure himself again. Because look, we've tried this, what, two, three times now with him and Mm -hmm. the same thing continues to happen. So you can only do the same thing so many times before I start to question what are we really what are we really after here what what is the what is the goal really in this in this scenario um so I would be more inclined to think the Cardinals would be willing to make a move if they didn't keep sort of proposing this idea that don't worry Miles Michaelis is close to coming back that worries me I would I'm so fascinated by the Brewers and their willingness to just make a move the moment they need it. I don't think that would ever happen in St. Louis for a number of reasons, but it would be fascinating to see the Cardinals actually go, okay, we're at the all-star break. We're looking better. We're still in this, but we have an entire rotation (laughs) on the IL. Let's do something about it. Mm -hmm. And, I don't even know who that guy is right now, to be honest. I don't know if it's someone that is going to be of the the Wade LeBlanc variety where we go, really? That was <laughs> that was your move? Yeah. Um, or if there is someone that they could go out and trade for early before the deadline. Don't wait till don't wait till deadline day. Just go out and get what you need. <laughs> um, that would be very, very aggressive and abnormal and very interesting to me if they would if they would make that kind of move. Do I expect that? No. no. <laughs> um, I expect that they'll bring up Matthew Libertor and he'll start and they'll go, eh, why not? It could work. Um, and I even said on Twitter the other day that, that why not? <laughs> At this point, you have very limited options. So why not take the one with maybe the highest upside um, and and see what you really have there? So that's more what I expect to happen um, if they make some sort of move like that. But I would love for them to take a page out of the Brewers book and go, hey, we need a thing. Let's go get it. Yeah, that would be out of character, but it would be <laughs> would be helpful. Um, you know, Libertor pitched in the Futures game today. The Cardinals have 
taken him off of the Team USA roster, so he's not going to the Olympics. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, he's a possibility. You know, the Cardinals are not necessarily ones to stand on formality when it comes to starting clocks and things of that nature. They're willing to do what they need to do. Um, I'm still not 100% sure. I'd, I'd like to see him spend some more time in AAA just because, you know, he hasn't pitched. He didn't even pitch in Double A. You know, in an ideal um, in an ideal world, so would right, I. Right. <laughs> just I, I to, to clarify, I get that. Yeah, you know, I, I totally just, get. I totally get that. That uh, I don't know if he's quite ready for this. Yet. Yeah, this is not a this is not an ideal world. We we get that uh, <laughs> fairly clearly, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're probably right. I mean, I'm probably getting to that point. I mean, Jake Woodford went down to stretch out. But last I saw, he had like a six ERA in Memphis. Um, that's probably not a good indication. Helping his case. Um, you know, maybe they bring him up for that first start, but it's hard to see them doing that else. You know, I'm. I think that it's probably pretty telling that there hasn't been any discussion of moving John Gant back to the rotation. No. Um, so I, you know, was you know, if there's that desperate gaping hole there, and they're not doing that, um. So, yeah, and it's really, really interesting. You know, back when this all started to melt down, which was what, like end of May, or maybe it was even earlier than that, and there was that idea of, well, why don't you get a Rick Porcello or something like that? And Chubb right. like says, well, you know, they won't be ready for a, a month. And that was that was a fair <laughs> argument. But it had been really nice if John had done that anyway, because, you know, it's been over a month now. You know, mm-hmm. somebody like that would have helped. And that is, I think that goes to what we've talked about and even in the post past off seasons of not being comfortable getting insurance. Like you want to yeah, play, yeah. you know, at the, everything's going to go perfectly right. And we don't need to get a, a Porcello that we might have in our minor league system for, you know, five weeks and then maybe we don't need him. Well, it, you know, and he opts out. Well, what have you out? But like a minor league salary, I right. mean, you know, and, and, and you've got some, some assurance. Now, again, it doesn't do any good to do it now unless you, you know, think that nobody's going to be available till mid August, in which case you might as well shut it down anyway. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's those kind of things that we talked about in the opposing of, of getting a, another bat like Jock Peterson or something or another arm, just enough of insurance, not necessarily the top of the line type of guy, just some sort of insurance that, that just haven't done that. It's been a long time since the Cardinals have had that kind of depth. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me in the sense that I can't imagine running a business like this, where your, your product is human beings (laughs) doing astronomical things with their body and you don't go hey let's have a plan a right let's this is our plan a but i'm gonna have a plan b ready to go (laughs) because we're asking them to do things with their bodies that is that that are not actually normal (laughs) right and things could go wrong very quickly there's a weird not that they don't have a plan B, but it's almost like you said, this idea of like, no, things are going to go fine. They, they just are. It's, it's going to be fine. I don't, why would we need that? And, you know, if you're buying a couch and you don't want the extended warranty, that's fine. <laughs> but if you're, 
playing out a, a major league baseball season and you're like, no, I don't, I don't need any backup at this. This is fine. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay. I think everyone, it's like watching a, a movie and everyone watching is like, don't go into that dark alley. Cause we all know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the person, in the movie is like, that's no, totally fine. And then exactly what you expect happens. That's what it feels like <laughs> watching the Cardinals do this every year is like, I, do you not, look back at last year's notes and go, oh, remember when we didn't do this thing in preparation for the worst case scenario? Maybe we should try that. Yeah. And to some degree, I think you could argue they're still, they haven't made that adjustment to not being able to just pull somebody out of Memphis and bring up. Mm, I know you and Alex talked about Cardinal devil magic and things of that nature, but um, even so, I mean, just not having a Sandy Alcantara or a Zach Gallon or some of these guys that you've traded off, and I'm not arguing about the trades at all because, you know, at least two or, you know, you have Paul Goldschmidt and right. Melanar Auto because of that. That's great. You know, you like that. But they traded away faster than they can replenish the the cupboard. Yep. And I don't think they have that mind. They, I think they still kind of feel like that cupboard's fuller than it is yes um and when it gets to a situation where they go open it up to pull somebody off the shelf and there's nobody there then they're like oh we should have gone shopping right. but store's closed now <laughs> so which is why you know again back to the the idea of what i wish they would do is just go oh we need this let's go get it yeah. instead of oh we need this let's try um to make those cookies without flour let's just see what, I'm, it'll be probably fine right <laughs> yeah i mean you know use the DoorDash. it's okay right. you know i mean that's yeah. the kind of thing it's right that, there for you <laughs> you know just pay the little you know pay the delivery fee it's all right yeah. you know yeah but that does seem to be the way that it has gone so far and it's i mean you look back at this first half and i mean one it's hard to believe this team was actually in first place like at the beginning yeah. of may that's that's Ooh. hard to believe as well but i mean if you're pointing to a spot where this kind of just started crumbling, it had to be Jack Flaherty's um, injury. And that's, it feels kind of weird to say that about a starting pitcher as as a great of a pitcher as Jack Flaherty is, you know, they only pitch one every fifth day, um, but it still seems to have just kind of knocked out a pillar from this team. It does. And I think it took a little just of the, um, sort of emotional steam out of Mm -hmm. that as well, because he was, he had turned a corner and was really starting to settle in and look like, okay, Jack Flaherty is going to be Jack Flaherty. Um, Not without some bumps along the way, obviously, but you know, he, he, I think the season started with some concern about Jack Flaherty and his ability to go deep into games and, and those sorts of things. He had kind of rounded that corner in the season. So setting that up, seeing Adam Wainwright doing what he's doing, feeling like, okay, we're going to get KK going. He'll be good. Um, And at the time, Carlos was in a position where it was like, oh, okay, there's, we're still seeing that same potential there. So maybe this will work out too. Um, So it all kind of collapsed at the same time around that Jack Flaherty injury and not necessarily to your point, all because of the Jack Flaherty injury, but that just sort of was like the, the pin popping the balloon and, um, I think just as an aside, this is the winning podcast for the number of different analogies we've used <laughs> in the last two minutes. 
so we're just going to keep that train rolling. Um, no, but I, I do think taking Jack Flaherty out of the equation also takes a little bit of that confidence out of the equation, not just because he's such a confident human, but because Jack Flaherty brings something different to that rotation where you feel like, all right, we got this one. And sure. Right now, Adam Wainwright feels like that guy, but they can't score when Adam Wainwright pitches. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, And, you know, you don't, you weren't expecting necessarily Adam Wainwright to be that guy that every five days you're like, all right, we got this one. And, that was Jack. And without him in that mix, there's no one in that rotation that, and this is certainly no disrespect to Adam Wainwright, who's been a magician this year, but um, there's no one else in the rotation that has that, (laughs) that has that factor and that you feel like other guys can build confidence off of. Um, That doesn't explain away the bullpen issues. It doesn't explain away the offense, but I, I also don't think you can talk about this first half without recognizing the significance of the absence of Jack Flaherty from a a physical and maybe sort of uh, emotional standpoint in terms of where their mindset has been and where their confidence has been uh, has has taken a few hits. Yeah, yeah, and everybody trying to overcompensate for the loss right. of, you know, doing that. Um yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Wainwright's still the closest thing you have to that and that's why if anybody else was pitching today, I think we would have been very excited about the rain. Right. Um, but with Adam Wainwright going, even on the road, I mean, he's he's not like automatic that he is. It feels like at home, but um, still, you're you going still against you a chance. Yeah. Right. And you're going against a Cub pitcher that Cardinals had beat up quite a bit in their in their history, and it's not very good this year. And it's a Cubs team that is reeling. Um, <laughs> I think is a fair point to say. I am. Yeah. Um, have not gotten far enough in the Cardinals off day podcast, but they're apparently you're going to take sides on which team was worse, the Cardinals or the Cubs. <laughs> um, so that should be very interesting to see who, how that uh, argument comes out. Um, I mean, one just, plus maybe to the game getting postponed is that by the time that game gets made up, yep. uh, the Cubs may have no one left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a September 24th <laughs> game. I mean, even if the Cubs do have people left, they probably, you know, of course, Either side, maybe like we don't care by that point. (laughs) It's also Um, true. Yeah, I would like to hope. You know, we'd like to see that the Cubs make some moves like right during the break. So when they come to the stadium next week, that some of those guys aren't there. Craig Kimbrell's gone. That would be really helpful. Chris Bryan's (laughs) gone. (laughs) You know, know, uh, get rid of. And Rizzo and Baez and all that fun stuff. So, um, but yeah, it sounds like the Cubs are kind of maybe pointing some fingers at each other and uh that's a that's a ship that's taking on water and that's you know i guess what you hope for to some degree too right this is kind of what we said with the cardinals if the cardinals could win this division in part because everybody else was going to lose it um yeah. when the season started and i think that's still kind of their case right now i don't know that the cardinals can go out and play you know win two out of every three down the stretch from the from now till the end of the season but maybe they can win enough games and everybody else can not win enough games to make it at least somewhat interesting. That said, baseball reference has a 1.6% chance of the Cardinals going to the postseason. So uh, except for the whole, you're saying there's a chance thing. uh, It's not a whole lot of optimism on that part. Yeah, I I think. And of course, I don't know quite the formula that, uh, that generates those numbers, but um there hasn't been a lot of reason for optimism mm-hmm. in the last couple of months. So I, I 
while I would like to think there's more of a chance than that, uh, I also understand thinking this is not a postseason team. So for the first half, since we're here at this point, and there's only so much we can talk about the Cardinals and what they've done <laughs> and what they're doing, who would you say was the team MVP and who would you say uh, surprised you um, in a good way the most in the first half? Hmm. Uh, well, I, I think the easy answer is Nolan Arnato because mm-hmm. he's, I think for the most part as advertised. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an, an easy go-to, but I, I would also say, I don't know where this team is without Adam Wainwright. I know they haven't won every start that he's made, but he's saved the bullpen a lot of innings Mm -hmm. by doing what he has done and a bullpen that has needed to get past some of those innings at stretches this year as well. So I think there's an argument to be made for Adam Wainwright just kind of being the steadiness um, on the pitching side of things that Nolan Arenado has been on the offensive side of things. Um, so sort of a two-part answer, but I, I think those would be the the obvious picks. I mean, sort of head nod to uh, Tyler O'Neill for, and maybe yeah. he's the second part of that question, is surprising in the sense that um, he's been more consistent than I think we've seen him in the past. Uh, he's made more of an impact than we've seen in the past. He still does the sort of like on again, off again, kind of injured thing that (laughs) prevents him from going on a real long stretch where he's kind of MVP caliber. But I think he's been a delightful surprise for stretches. I think the flip side of that is Paul DeYoung. Um, And it's just it's it's hard to watch him these days. And I, of course, I say that after a couple of good games to run homers, that sort of Mm thing. Um but man, it is it has been difficult to watch Paul DeYoung struggle the way that he has um, in trying to regain some sort of consistency or, or any kind of form that makes him a formidable part of that lineup. Because uh, right now he just isn't. So Tyler O'Neill, positive surprise. Paul DeYoung, sort of the disappointment factor there. And I think, I mean, the pitching, the walks as a whole. Right. <laughs> that's, that's it's just insane. sort of... <laughs> Yeah, that that's just a, a general everyone has been bad at it um, kind of piece of that category. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think you're you're right on, especially with Tyler O'Neill, because um, I think that was the thing I, we wanted to see. You know, if he could adjust after a hot streak, and I think he's right. shown that he has. You know, a lot of people. In fact, I was watching the game muted last night, but I saw the, you know closed captioning. They're talking about him not walking, but he actually has walked a lot more as of late when pitchers stopped, you know, challenging him, he's mm-hmm. adjusted his game as well and not fallen off a cliff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been, we're finally seeing the Tyler O'Neill that they thought they were going to have for some time. Um, I think Harrison Bader has been a bit of a surprise when he's been healthy and that's been limited <laughs> as well, but he's hitting, a, you know, he's not necessarily setting the world on fire. But he's been a little bit more productive than we thought. And again, it doesn't take much with his defense to, right. you know, be a, a good fact. You know, he's really gotten to the point that if the Cardinals are going to upgrade, especially this year, and maybe even for next year, it's second base or shortstop. 
and it wouldn't have to be second base if but anyway um i don't want to get you going there either um but, um they could have had that answer but exactly no. um but you know that seems to be about the only spot because the outfield seems to be you know dylan carlson still needs to develop and you know but i don't know that I think we expected a lot out of him and maybe he hasn't quite delivered, but he is still a rookie guy that's still learning his way through the league. So, um, it is, you know, maybe you could upgrade a catcher, but like that's going to happen. Um, because Yachty's not going anywhere until Yachty's ready to go somewhere. Um, so really that's the only place it's either that or a, a, some sort of fourth outfield bench type, because I, I feel like, if Bader, and of course that's, you know, maybe you're talking about your insurance, but if Bader and O'Neill and Carlson are healthy, they're going to play you know, 90% of the games down the stretch because that's what the Cardinals want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it makes sense. Um, I think part of what's made this season feel a little weird is that there, that outfield mix has been such a rotation it's mm. almost like we've thought for a while well why don't you just mix guys in and have sort of an outfield <laughs> rotate careful what you ask for apparently right. uh because we've seen all the options um in the in the outfield this season and maybe that's why tyler o'neill stands out as much to some degree because that's the only consistent piece mm. um and, and i agree with dylan carlson i i think he's been fine i don't think there's really a lot of complaint about what he's done. I think he's been able to almost in a good way, hide behind the stardom of Nolan Arenado and not have to be that guy right now, which I think is actually probably better for him in the long run. Um, but there has been that strange mix. There was Justin Williams and, and Lane Thomas and uh, you know, <laughs> guys who've come and gone and moved on with their lives and, um, all sorts of things. Lars Nubar becoming a, a household name. But it, the the mix that they want hasn't really had a lot of time to gel out there together. So hopefully we do see that in the second half. I think that is the best mix with Tyler O'Neill, uh, Harrison Bader, and um, Dylan Carlson that they, that they have to work with right now. And part of the value of letting those guys play is seeing, to your point, if they need an upgrade. Yep. <laughs> and if they if they don't get a chance to see that lineup day in and day out, um, you know, they're, they're going to be left guessing a little bit like they have been with all the other outfield options the last few years. So that's a, a hope for the second half is that that trio uh, stays healthy and is able to play pretty consistently. And we really do get a glimpse at what that can be. Um, I think that makes a really strong defensive outfield. I think the offensive potential is there, but, the consistency hasn't been. So those are all things that again, in an ideal world, we'd be excited about, okay, cool. We're getting these guys back. Harrison Bader seems healthy. Seems like he's made some improvements. Obviously his defense is a big bonus. Um, so hopefully that makes a difference, <laughs> but I'm, I'm hesitant again. I'm maybe I'm too skeptical at this point. I'm hesitant to be too hopeful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because the first half of this year has taught us don't ever hope for anything <laughs> that's right don't don't do it um yeah in fact i'm i'm almost to the point i think carlson needed is going to really need this break um but yeah, almost to the point where if bader continues to develop like he has so far that he's not you know maybe it's time to try him again at leadoff i don't know mm. um the cardinals still feel like they need that leadoff guy yeah. i mean carlson if he's going well i can see why they would put him there but he has struggled at times this year 
Um, and they just, you know, if they can, Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt's kind of clicking, if they can get people on in front of them, that helps helps a lot. So um, I don't know. That may be, I mean, Schultz will probably try 800 different combinations in the second half and <laughs> see how, how things work because um, it's not like anything's working so great that he can't, it's not a force right. to, to mess with it. So um, I guess we should also give a hat tip or whatever to Alex Reyes who gets to make his all-star um, debut this week. Hopefully he gets into the game. Um, imagine he will pretty much everybody does. Um, gets to go as a, as a reliever and not a starter, like we always thought he would be. Um, Reyes still has some issues. I mean, I know he's got 20 saves, but that walk rate's really high, but put all that aside. It's just, it's just great to see him kind of get to this part of his journey. It's great to see Alex Reyes get to this part of a season. (laughs) Yeah. Also true. Um, but no, it's, it's really cool to see the Alex Reyes story. Look, there were moments over the off season where we weren't sure it was really going to continue. We were kind of looking at it as here's what should happen. But if he doesn't actually perform, if he doesn't actually get results, I don't know how long you continue to wait for Alex Reyes to become what you thought he maybe could be once. Um, so to see him step into that role, especially, you know, in the absence of Jordan Hicks and mm. just really take that opportunity and run with it um, and be a consistent piece in a very inconsistent bullpen. It's it's cool. And it's cool to see him recognized for it. It's cool to see the rest of baseball go, hey, this kid's really good. And he's still really good after mm-hmm. all the setbacks and all the things that kind of knocked him down time and time again. And um, yeah, the walks, not great, but I think that's sort of systemic <laughs> at this no, point. That's fair. <laughs> so I'm not sure it's uh, as much a knock on Alex Reyes as it is just the entirety of Cardinals pitching for whatever weird reason. Um, so it'll be cool to see him have that moment. Uh, it, it probably is a huge confidence booster for him too, to again, like I said, reach this point in a season, um, but also be able to say, okay, I knew all along that I thought I could still do it and I can, and I can do it at a really high level and I can do it consistently. And even if the role is different than he thought it would be, he's an all-star and he earned it. Um, I don't know what you're talking about though. I mean, this time last year he hadn't even started his season. I mean, he went really deep last year. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's great to, to see that now, uh, you know, if the Cardinals did sell, which is probably unlikely. Cardinals are much more likely to stand pat than to actually look like they're trying to give up for the season. But if they did, would they trade him? It's possible. Um, I certainly think they would field calls on him if mm-hmm. you know they it became known that they were uh, taking those kinds of phone calls. Um, I think that the idea of Jordan Hicks being back um, at some point means they're not without a back end of the bullpen option. I think what Alex Reyes is after this season is still a bit up for grabs. So he's definitely an interesting piece. And like I said, I'm sure one that they'll get calls about. Um, I don't know. I I think (laughs) if they're not going to end up with Carlos Martinez paying off the way that they expected Mm -hmm. him to, maybe they hold on to Reyes and hope they get that one right uh, in the long run. So 
I, I, my instinct says no, but I also would not hesitate to say there would be a lot of teams that would be very interested. Yeah. I mean, again, they, it's not a guy they move if they think they're going to contend this year. Right. But if they want, I mean, it feels to me that they're, if they don't think that, you know, like I said, they probably don't do anything. But if they actually, there's just not a lot of pieces they can trade that have value. And Reyes yep. and yep. Giovanni Gagos would both be that. Um, again, I don't see that happening, but, you know, it's at least something to, something to ponder um, throughout this week as there is no baseball to talk about. So we'll, <laughs> we'll go with those kind of things. So um, Taryn, I'll be with you next week after the Cardinals have uh, played the giants um, after the, their first series in the second half, we probably won't have our fifth starter <laughs> solution by then yet. Cause they won't need one and that, but who knows, uh, but we'll talk about whatever may come up uh, until then. That's Tara. I'm Daniel. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans, thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in Baseball Heaven.